Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. It is a Tuesday night. Trade deadline has just come and went. Now I'm joined by Logan. I'm Austin. This is Colin Arshaw. We're going to be talking all about the MLB trade deadline. As you guys know, we normally do a weekly podcast every Wednesday that goes live on Wednesday mornings. But we felt like there was no better time to do it than right after the NBA MLB trade deadline has ended. We're still seeing tons of things come in and out. But first and foremost, Logan, how are you doing today? Today's been a crazy day. Today, today has been a crazy day. Look, I mean, I was trying to get some work done today, but I was just looking on my phone, uh, watching all these deals happen. So, I mean, th- this is this is what the MLB is about, right? It's about contenders make adding those final pieces. It's about you know these teams that, that are just hitting the nuke button, like like the Reds, like the Nationals, and just blowing up their teams. This is this is the MLB guys. This is baseball, and I'm excited to see how how the rest of it shakes out. Yeah, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll also be, as hunters in the chat, we're going to be sweating out our no on first inning during this uh, as we go on. You bet. 30 <laughs> minutes. So if we're glancing down, that's probably what we're looking at, hopefully being able to wait. This but let's hop into and let's talk about some of the biggest winners and losers of the MLB trade deadline. We're going to start with probably the trade that everyone's going to be talking about, and that's going to be Joey Gallo being traded from the New York Yankees <laughs> to the Dodgers. A big, big trade. All joking aside, a lot of people in, in New York are pretty happy that Joey Gallo is gone. Saw a sad interview come up on a on a Joey Gallo's interview. Hopefully that wasn't too true. But either way, the biggest trade that let's be honest, why everyone's here, Juan Soto finally dealt. You see him on the on the thumbnail if you clicked on it. Uh, he was sent with Josh Bell, both him and Juan Soto and Josh Bell sent to the Padres for Luke Voigt. Hosmer was in the deal originally. He rejected that. Luke Voigt, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, and a whole other slew of guys and prospects. Logan, what's your first initial takeaway on this trade? Because this was one that's been kind of looming for the past couple weeks that we've talked about. Yeah, my first uh, reaction was absolute win for the San Diego Padres. What did I talk about like a, a week or two ago when we were talking about the MLB? I was like, this Padres team checks a few boxes. They check the starting pitching for sure. They checked the bullpen for sure. And now they're finally going for it on the offensive end. You had two just stud pieces with Juan Soto, a generational talent. You had you had Josh Bell as well. And you didn't give up a whole lot for him, right? You, <laughs> Mackenzie Gore, to me, was the, like the highlight of what they gave up. Mackenzie Gore, a young pitcher, shows a lot of promise, but he's not ready yet. So I, I really think this was a huge win for San Diego. And I mean, it's 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 Washington, you know, hitting the reset button once again. It's really interesting and, and kind of weird to think about. The Washington Nationals won the World Series back in 2019. That's That seems like decades ago, right? This was a World Series team that just hit, hit the reset button uh, not long after it, which, which is kind of crazy to think about. Juan Soto is is now on a contender, and I I know a lot of people in in the you know the comments of social media. What I've been seeing today is like all this just to lose to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe they won't. Maybe maybe they have the starting pitching enough to contend, and they can finally give the starting pitching some run support. I I I, I mean. I, I think it's a major one for the Padres. Yeah, Oscar in the chat is saying he's sad for the Dodgers fans. And I don't know if he necessarily means that, you know, they didn't get Soto. But I think this is a great move for baseball in general. Because this brings another contending team, a team that you can see that's kind of going all in. And, you know, the Padres, like we've talked about in recent podcasts, you know, this is a team that has the good enough starting pitching with Musgrove and Darvish. Blake Snell needs to kind of turn it around. But they have the starting pitcher uh, pitching to kind of get it done. They just have been lacking those bats. And what I'm really excited for is to see Juan Soto in a lineup where he doesn't have to get pitched around. You look at Juan Soto's stats this year, you look at just his batting average, you're like, dude, this guy's only batting 245. 
but his on-base percentage is over 400. This is a guy that walked three times last game. He's walked three times in two of the last three games. Teams were consistently pitching around him. Now they, they guys they got guys like Manny Machado going behind him. You aren't just going to be able to do that. It was him and the Josh Bell show basically in the Nationals. I'm curious where this Nationals team goes from here. They remind me very similarly of the Cubs from last year. They kind of did a fire sale, got rid of all their best players, and then they kind of were just stuck with, uh, you know, what was going with the second half of the year, stuck with a bunch of, you know, kind of testing out new prospects. But I think this is a big deal for the Padres. I'm happy for the fans. You know, this is a team that hasn't, I think I made the playoffs since 2006. They're going for, you know, kind of a push in here. And I think it's really good for them. They also, I'll kind of bring it up, kind of match this in here. Brandon Drury of the Reds was traded to the Padres as well. And so that's a big deal as well. He's another guy that's been, you know, 280s, has one of the highest, you know, slugging percentages versus, you know, off-speed pitches in the league. He's been really kind of turning it on as of late. And he admits, fits the timeline for this Padres team if they want to continue to sign him. But this Padres team has got to be exciting. I mean, it's going to be a good time to uh, be alive for Padres fans who have kind of gone through it over the last decade or so. And we haven't even mentioned Fernando Tatis. He's taking batting practice in the live batting practice. Ooh, it's exciting to be a Padre fan. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, imagine, you know, I don't know what Tatis' uh, timeline is, and I don't think we'll ever really know. No one's being transparent about that. But, I mean, they, they finally, to me, like I looked at the Padres lineup, and obviously the, the people that watch our daily vids, the reason I don't pick Padres a lot is because I'm like, I just can't trust Profar. I can't trust Cronenworth. They're good players. They get on base enough. I can't trust Luke Voigt, which he's gone. See, see, ya. don't let the door hit you on the way out, Mr. Strikeout. But I mean, like, honestly, uh, this Padres team should look a whole lot different offensively, right? Like my expectation for them is set, I think, a little bit too high. I, I am curious to see how they perform. But I mean, this is baseball. Crazy stuff happens. I mean, what what if they are disappointing, though? Like they they truly went for it. There, there's some major pressure on this team now. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that still has a lot of these guys locked in long term. So they at least, you know, if they can't get it done this year, they still got bright hopes for next year. But it's a team likely, unfortunately, not going to win their division. I think the Dodgers have a little bit too far. I mean, they were close. They were neck and neck with the Dodgers at like the beginning of June. But then they kind of had a bad June and July and kind of fell back. But props to their management for going all in and trying to get it done. Now, I did get some clarification from Oscar in the chat. He meant they were sad because they got Joey Gallo, not uh, not getting Juan Soto. <laughs> you know, I, I'll allow it. Karma, thanks for coming out to the show. Um, and Chris, thanks for the kind words. We appreciate you. But, man, it's it's fun. This is going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to just kind of watch these Padres kind of go. And I'll, you'll probably see me start targeting some, some pitchers against the Padres' unders. Because like you mentioned, getting Luke Voigt out of there, addition by subtraction, because that guy was a walk in two Ks half the time. I mean, he had one hot stretch where he was hitting his two-plus bases and, like, eight straight games but ever since then he's really been not too great and he's always given those opposing pitchers an easy k or maybe two so that's an exciting trade for him i mean let's kind of move on it's kind of i mean it's hard to move on from juan soto because we're only going downhill from here but another big trade that we saw just happened right at the close of the deadline was the, the cardinals going out and getting jordan montgomery of the yankees harrison bader a center fielder being sent back to the yankees um we've kind of seen and we i don't know if i have the tweet pulled up it was kind of in lieu of you know the yankees just traded for frankie montes which seems like you know an afterthought but frankie montes one of the biggest trades that we've seen this deadline so kind of replacing montes with montgomery what's your kind of initial thoughts on this uh, yankees rotation and how they got better or worse at the deadline yeah, I definitely think they, the Yankees did get better. Like, obviously, Montgomery was kind of their weak spot. I, I think you tweeted out their, their record or something with Montgomery on the mound. It wasn't great, right? He was yeah, kind of happy. I've seen my tweet that they had lost six straight Montgomery starts and 12 of 34 games were lost by with Montgomery at the helm. 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they, they, they clearly follow calling our shot for that insight. But I mean, really, though, he, he was sort of the weak link in the rotation. And the reason why I, I kind of had questions about them going forward, you know, long term in the playoffs, because I, I mean, a, a guy like Montgomery, they are, they are going to be counting on because he's he's a, he's a decent arm certainly part of the rotation i think it's a certainly an upgrade getting montas i mean if if you don't follow a lot of oakland athletics baseball maybe you don't know who he is we don't or you haven't watched him yeah we haven't watched him pitch but he he's a great he's a great pitcher i think you know playing in a big market like new york they're gonna welcome him and he should be a great addition i want to do talk about the other side of the trade though how about how about st louis getting a, a a good starting pitcher right say what you want about montgomery right statistically he's been up and down but he'll settle in perfectly fine in st louis look can't do can't do much worse than some of those pitchers I've seen on the mound for St. Louis because the St. Louis checks checks the big box on offense, but the starting pitching is is atrocious. Like I can't I, I can't go out there and ever like bet a guy like Pelante or or you know they're they're Libertor. trying to think yeah yeah Libertor right like so they 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 tested out some of those starting pitching experiments and they're like yeah guys we got to really bolster it. So I think this is a big move uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. I love love me some Redbirds for sure. And sticking on that same trend, they did go out and get another lefty, Jose Quintana of the Pirates. Exactly. So there's a team that we had talked about, and I know you're kind of – you maybe don't make your Cardinals fandom uh, hidden on the on the podcast, but this is a team that we have talked about that has the hitting. They just were lacking that pitching. And because they have too many guys that go out there – we didn't even mention Dakota Hudson, another turkey toss. I mean, they got three guys out of their five or six of the rotation that you can't trust when you're betting on the Cardinals. So they got Quintana. Montgomery, while he has been you know, suspect as of late, Still better than those guys. So this is a Cardinals team that while they, you know, they're trying to go and gun for that division against the Brewers, see if they got a chance. I mean, the Brewers are the Brewers for a weird team at the deadline, trading away their closer. But again, another guy that went to the Padres. But this is a, a confident team in the Cardinals that know what they got. And, you know, I think they have a good chance of, you know, getting in that wild card, potentially pushing for that division and trying to make a run for it. Because like you said, Cardinals have the offense to get it done. They lost Bader for Montgomery, but I don't think that was like a big loss for him. I'm excited for your Cardinals, even though you kind of root for them on the on the back ends. For anybody that doesn't know, they were like my childhood team. I loved watching the Redbirds. I loved watching Albert and even Wayne Wright and Yachty. They're all those players. So like, I mean, I'm I do have a soft spot for the Cardinals for sure. And I mean, what what did we talk about when we were talking about you know? the pre all-star break. And I said, I think the Cardinals could make a run at this division. Well, now they're geared up to do so. They, they are geared up to make a deep playoff run, getting two good starting pitchers. Finally, finally, they heard me. They, they, I, I said they need more arms and, and the, the management for their front office did, did do, do just that. <laughs> I mean, you are true. They did go out there and get some arms. They got the talent. They have all the, all it takes. They just got to get, get going. So Logan, I have a question for you. Cause you're wearing your Phillies shirt. How do you feel about the Phillies at the deadline? And then we'll get into our biggest winners and losers of the uh, at the trade deadline. Yeah, so I mean they're not the biggest winners of this deadline, but I think the Phillies are a winner, right? Getting getting Cindergard, getting a, a good bullpen arm from the Cubs as well. I, what's his name? It's escaping me, but he, he's a he's a close. He was a closer for the Cubs, and he was really solid statistically on the year. I think that that goes to bolster the Phillies bullpen. They got um, Marsh from from the Angels, which was which was a big you know, addition to me, you, you can't have enough solid bats, especially because the Phillies are such a young offense to have, you know, more of a veteran presence like Marsh in there. will do great things. You know, I, I think, I think with Cindergard though, this is, this is a pretty decent spot for him. Get him off the dang angels, the, the atrocious dumpster fire. That's the Los Angeles angels. 
and get him on, get him on a team that's that's kind of gearing up to make a playoff run in, in the Phillies. Phillies have the offense to do it. What have, what have we always questioned about them? Number one, the starting pitching outside of like Wheeler and, and Noah is 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 shaky at best. So kind of given that third option, I, I like Syndergaard in, in that spot and adding another bullpen arm, you, you know, to not sell the game like juries from Familia. Oh, man, the, the Phillies fans wanted Familia's head on a stick recently. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> As they should. A uh, shout out to Ronald uh, Brown in the comments. We appreciate you in the chat. Thanks for showing your support. My dad's here saying the best addition to any team is DeGrom, which we're seeing sure. DeGrom about to go off and start pitching his first uh, first time against that Nationals B squad, Triple A team, whatever they're trotting out there. But when we look at that Phillies team, I, you can't be mad with what they did at the deadline. They didn't really get rid of any of their talent. And they got a guy like Syndergaard who has shown flashes. There's no guarantees of any starting pitcher. We've seen guys that have been so good in one place get traded next side they're terrible and you just never know but Syndergaard does give them another chance another arm another guy that you need depth if you're going to make a playoff run this obviously you know a Phillies team that's kind of been hovering around they've had some good runs had bad runs should we get Bryce Harper back hopefully sometime later on in August kind of give them a guy give them a better chance to kind of get it going um a team that I'm looking at as not this I don't know if I consider them my biggest loser of the deadline but a team that I'm confused what they're doing um and that would be as my dad mentioned he talked about the Mets. I would consider my Mets one of the bigger losers. Now, am I saying that they're screwed and I have no chance to win the World Series now? But this is a team that didn't really do a whole lot. We had a lot of, you know, rumors that they could be going for, you know, some Cubs players. They could be going for, you know, other guys. And they just didn't do anything. And if we look at a team that, sure, the Mets are great on paper. They have a great record. But this is still a team we saw their their division rivals. The Braves go out there and get better, get some bullpen arms, get some other guys that can hit the baseball. They have a lot of depth there. This is a Mets team that really all I saw them do was go out and trade for Darren Ruff, who credit to him, but he doesn't really move the needle at all for me. They got rid of J.D. Davis, but not a whole lot for this Mets team that I really saw on the deadline, a team that really didn't do anything, address their weaknesses or anything like that. And so Mets, I, I, I don't want to call them a big loser, but they didn't really do much. So you got to be a loser from that standpoint. And their division rival, who they're going to be going with the division, you know, head-to-head, basically the last, I don't know, 50, 60 games of the year is going to be the Braves, and they got better. So what are your kind of thoughts on the Mets at the deadline? Yeah, I think you I think you nailed it with that take because at the end of the day in baseball, you can't get too comfortable, right? I think the Mets are a little bit too comfortable, and they're a little bit too comfortable at this trade deadline, right? They they Getting DeGrom back is huge for them because the, their starting pitching was it, – it is what it is, right? You know, you've got it in an absolute stud in Scherzer. But I kind of question the Carlos Carrascos of the world – um, the other names escape me right off the top of my head, but Degrom gives you that 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 great arm. The, the starting pitching was never the question for the Mets. It's always to me kind of you know about their offense. I don't think the Mets can get enough you know talented bats. I I think getting getting rough was, was will be a big deal for them, just because I think he hits lefties pretty well. If if memory serves, that's kind of that's kind of probably what they'll use him for. So I mean, getting another bat bat is good. But I just look at what the Braves did, and I, I call the Mets a loser by comparison to what the Mets did or what the Braves did, because the Braves are like we're absolutely gunning for you. Like the the Braves are trying to prove that last year's you know World Series run wasn't a fluke. They're they're trying to be there again this year, and I and I kind of like that they're they're nipping at the Mets heels because that you know that's that's going to breed. You know, great, great competition in this division. So I'm excited for it. I mean, it's not only, you know, the Braves got better here, but, you know, they this is a Braves team that they're trying to not make it look like a flash in the pan. A team like the Nationals who came in, won one World Series, peaced out. Braves have all the talent in the world, and they got a lot of guys locked in. Like we might have talked about, I don't think we talked about on today's daily video in the morning, but 
We talked about Austin Riley normally time and time again. They locked him up for 10 plus 10 years. I don't know. They probably have some options to kind of get out of that deal, but they got Albies, Riley, Acuna. They got a lot of guys locked up. So it's a Braves team that's going to be pretty uh, pretty locked in. Hunter is predicting that they win the, the East. And I'm going to kind of segue into Bernardo's question. Yeah. Do you have a favorite team to win the World Series right now? Oh, gosh. Oh man, uh, I'd have to look at the odds. Really, that's how I, I I make my World Series prediction based on the odds because I'm not going to lay some some crazy number like uh, like it, it, I'm sure the Yankees and Dodgers are are outrageous favorites and, and probably and like plus like, three plus four hundred something like that. Yeah, and like Padres went from 17, 17 to one to eleven to one today. Yeah, I I did see the I did see the Padres were were an interesting you know mo- movement in there again though. Pump the brakes on the Padres, right? We got to see if this experiment works out. Like, please just don't go run in to bet them right now. That's not how baseball works. I were if I were to if I were to have to say, you know, favorite, it's it, it would probably be the Yankees. And I know you're probably not getting great value on that, but I just I do think they check the the you know the box all the boxes. Amazing bullpen hitters that like Judge that are just unstoppable forces, and they do have the starting pitching to it. And what I've been waiting for. And what you and I always talk about is like the second half of the season kind of slump. A lot of the teams that that had a really strong first half of the season and you were betting them on the run line and you were so profitable. Second half of the season, that, that trend sometimes dies down. The Yankees have not hit that wall yet, which is to me is really impressive to them, uh, you know, to their credit. Right. Like everybody that's keeps betting the Yankees run line. Congrats. Take your money and run. Eventually, my whole theory is that the books even it out and, and you will take some hard, pretty hard losses unforeseen losses on the Yankees there but I still do think the Bronx Bombers are up there yeah my only issue with the Yankees is it's a team that relies on coming back too often and so that's why I lean and I am a Yankees fan I root for the Yankees I wouldn't bet a future on them no reason to bet a future that won't cash for you until middle of October end of October at plus 300 or plus 400 odds but if I had to pick a team I still do like the Astros and it sucks I hate I hate saying the Astros but it's a team that while they didn't really do a whole lot at the deadline, they got rid of Oda Rizzi and got Will Smith back from the Braves. But it seems like Lance McCullers might be coming back soon. And this is a team that has had the Yankees number time and time again. Altuve's got the number. They got Jordan Alvarez, Bregman, Tucker. All these guys got the Yankees number. And it just seems like whenever the Yankees go to Houston, they really struggle. And they really struggle to get guys on base and hit home runs. And it's the Yankees team that, as we've seen, the books have kind of gotten used to it. When the Yankees go down by two or three runs, they're still basically in a pick them because they're like, we're not handing out free money anymore because the, Yan- the Yankees just keep coming back time and time again. I just don't think a team could continuously do that. Granted, Judge has been absolutely on another level. And so granted to Judge, he's just absolutely crushing the baseball. I'm waiting for him to get like some Barry Bonds treatment where people are like, you know what, screw it. You can Anthony Rizzo, fine. You can hit a three-run homer on us. We don't care. We'd rather be you than Judge and see everyone in the stands go absolutely nuts. But it's just the Yankees team that I, I do have confidence in. It. I think those are the two best teams out in the AL, and hopefully we'll see them continue to maybe match up. We'll get a great series out of them. So don't mind that. But I kind of talked about my biggest loser for the for the trade deadline. I'm curious who your biggest loser is. Yeah, I mean. I'm tr- I'm trying to think. What what did I tell you pre-show? I'm, I I don't want to I don't want to change up my pick. Um, um, who did you say? Uh, how many were? I'm I'm trying. I'm I'm sitting here thinking about the teams that that just didn't do anything. We and we talked about about some of these teams literally right right pre-show. I think I'm looking at. Man, th- this hurts. This hurts my my. 
Oh, White Sox. Boom. There, that, that was it. It's, it's, it's all yeah. about the White Sox. That, that, that was a team we talked about on our podcast that, that I was like, I expect them to make, to be aggressive at this trade deadline. The White Sox were anything but aggressive. I mean, look, everybody knows the, the clip of La Russa falling asleep in the first inning uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, you know what? I had the first five under in that one. And if I would have saw that, I probably made, made a 10 unit whale play. Cause what the heck, what a poorly run team. And now, now it's kind of, you know, a poorly run, you know, front office, you know, so as, as far as you can't stay pat, right? Lance Lynn is looking like a shell of himself from last year. He's not looking great. Dylan Cease is, is great. He's their bona fide ace. He's, we, we know exactly what he does, but I mean, you did not bolster that rotation. The offense of the White Sox, not, not all that great. It's, it's really not, it's not a great offense. It's a back of the pack offense statistically. And if you just watch the eye test, their bullpen is meh. So I, I mean, that, that was a team that to me is, it could have, could have been aggressive like the Padres, but just chose not to. Yeah. The White Sox have been this team. And I think in their, in our all-star break video, I said the White Sox would come back and win the division, but, you know, kind of looking at, you know, I don't think we've talked about this trade, but we'll bring it up. I mean, the Twins actually went out and tried to bolster a team getting Tyler Malley. They're now the mm-hmm. Minnesota Reds after trying to get in Sonny Gray and, and Malley. So, <laughs> but that's the picture. I mean, we talked about that was when we were at that trade uh, uh, all-star break about a month or less than a month, about two weeks ago. We we're talking about this Twins team who was leading their division at the moment was a team that needed to address their pitching, a team that I didn't trust their pitching. I said, you know, they got Joe Ryan, but they're out there chalking turkey tossers that walk 10 people like Chris Archer. That's just... I just didn't think the Twins were that good. But getting a guy like Malley, Sonny Gray is all right. I liked what the Twins did. And you're right. The White Sox did absolutely nothing. They just did nothing to kind of address their their team. They did absolutely – I don't know what the White Sox are doing. They're pretending like they're, you know, a 60-win team right now when they're really just a 51-win team. And it's just rough. I just don't know what the heck they're doing. I I, I really don't know what the, the White Sox are all too doing. And, uh, you know – it is what it is. That's just the nature of, of baseball. But the White Sox are just a team that I think is going to go downhill. Tony Larusa hopefully loses his job. Our Nerfy sure. Nation also lost their job. Um, it's just tough. Sure. We just lost a, a home run, which is absolutely brutal. So thanks for chucking a turkey out there, Jameson. Right over the heart <laughs> of the plate. I watched that. <laughs> you just, right you, into can't, my heart. you can't do that. That's just that's a brutal beat. But you know what? The White Sox – even do with the White Sox? Another team that didn't do anything at the deadline was the Rockies. Do I blame the Rockies for not doing anything? Not really. I think that's a team that probably could have done a fire sale, could have sold a couple guys, got some prospects back because they're not making the playoffs. I mean, they're 10 games out of the wild card slot, so they're not getting it done. But dude, this wild card race is going to heat up. Right now we get the, the Cardinals as one game out of the out of the third spot in the wild card right behind the Phillies. Padres are two games up. There's a lot. There's going to be a lot to go down over the next, you know, three months heading into the beginning of October. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of those teams that that could have hit the reset button, like you, like you kind of mentioned. I I think the Rockies were actually up there. Rockies, they they have some of the older older players that I was actually expecting maybe to see. You know, the Charlie Blackmans. The, the I don't even know if what Crones locked into, but like those types of players, like they, they just seem kind of like outliers, like Rockies. Be real with yourself. You don't have the starting pitching. You still have to put Urania out there on a day-to-day basis. That's not a good rotation. I mean, if, if the Rocky Rockies are caught, what you don't want to be is you don't want to be an MLB team that's like caught in the middle, right? And I think the Rockies are like in the middle-ish to the back of the pack-ish. I, I think I think they were they were pretty much a loser in this. Yeah, I think the I, I think the Blue Jays. I mean, what we we need to talk a little bit about what the Blue Jays did though. 
with getting Whit Merrifield, right? Like <laughs> that's an interesting situation. I, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do make him get the jab, make him not get the jab. I don't know, but you'd have to think they had some sort of, you know, insider inf- information on him, right. To, to go out and get a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, they got to assume obviously the Jays traded for Merrifield and he's not vaccinated because he was just in the Well, he wasn't able to travel to there and play the, the blue Jays a couple of days ago. So you'd imagine that at least have some talks with his, his uh, company or, you know, management and said, you know, we're going to kind of need that. Now, I mean, I'm looking at the other trades. The, the Rockies are in that kind of middle tier, kind of the Rockies, a team like the Red Sox, who have been really slumping as of lately, went out and got Hosmer. Does that move the needle? Not too much. There's a lot of middle tier teams that some did something, some did nothing. It, it's just been a up and down day for some teams out in the MLB. I mean, I, oh, the, uh, the, reliever you're talking about david robertson of the phillies yeah who you're, robertson who you were thinking phillies. About, that, so. that was good uh, another team though kind of that i just thought of offhand and we need to target more of these nerfies is the royals right the the royals they're they're in that kind of to me middle middle tier and you got rid of merrifield you got rid of benintendi you got rid of the top half the producing part of your lineup because don't look at the Royals' bottom half. It will hurt your eyes. There's a lot of really young young players in there with bad batting averages. So we need to target Nerfy Nation. We, we will be after some Royals ones, as long as they put out a serviceable pitcher, because they do have a few uh, shaky starting pitchers. But the Royals, to me, they're, 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 they're kind of doing a reset. I mean, they're, they're sell- they were sellers in here. The Red Sox, to me, just needed to, needed to nuke that team. They sort of did with Vasquez. Uh, I, I don't know. The, the Red Sox are, to me, kind of caught in that middle ground, too. I think the Red Sox are kind of playing the long game, though. They're like, we don't have the starting pitching this year, but we're still, if we get you know our pitchers back healthy, you know, Chris Sale, really unfortunate, fluky injury. If we get those players back, we'll, we'll still be in contention. I, I think that's what the Red Sox stance on that was. Yeah, I mean, the Red Sox kind of have to hold Pat. I don't. I believe J.D. Martinez might be a free agent after this year, so we'll see what they do with him. But they have some talent. It's not that they, they – the problem is that they aren't consistent. They have a lot of guys like Jeter Downs and Cordero who just absolutely have like 90% K rates. I mean, you, you can't win baseball games when you're throwing out two guys that can't get on base or can't do anything. So I don't necessarily know about that. I do like what the Blue Jays did, though, getting Merrifield, the guy that we've kind of messed around with, Zach Pop of the Marlins. He, he went there. And while he's yeah. – kind of brewing some Marlins bets for us in the past. He's at least decent, better. I mean, they got some Blue Jays have some bullpen arms. And when you see those coming in, you bet on like a Manoa and like the Blue Jays to win and they're up by one and you see Hater or whatever. Uh, what is his name that comes out? Simber. Simber. Sidearm Simber. You're like, oh no, brother. Here he comes throwing yeah. a wild pitch here. So the Blue Jays did get better. I think it's a team that, you know, address some needs that they had a twins that we haven't really talked about Jorge Lopez been very solid as a reliever for the Orioles yeah. kind of the twins team kind of bolstering their lineup trying to make a you know trying the twins are in that spot where they got to make a push or they got to you know kind of give it up and right now they're a game up on the Guardians and this is a team that could win this division could make some noise if their hitters can get hot at the right time I don't necessarily think they're World Series contenders but they could advance a series or two and kind of like mm-hmm. we already talked about with th- this swap we talked about that Odorizzi and Will Smith uh, swap. Do you have? Do you think Odorizzi makes them leaps and bounds better, or do you think you know this doesn't move the needle to a ton? I know we talked about the Braves a little bit. Yeah, you know, personally, I've I've just never been a huge Odorizzi fan. I th- I think he's he's an okay pitcher. He's he's solid enough, right? I, I you're you're showing right here, Robbie Grossman. I I think that's a really solid move. I mean, Tigers lost some some top half of the order production for sure with Grossman. 
But I mean, kind of, kind of talking about you know some of the other teams that you touched on. I and I want to touch on them more. Blue Jays bolstering that bullpen. That's that's big. I mean, come on, like Simber Simber is an okay pitcher when he when he's able to find the strike zone as as a, as a bullpen arm. But they needed more, right? This is a blue Blue Jays bullpen that's I think like I want to say off the top of my head. I don't have this list memorized, believe it or not. But I want to say they're like. 18, 19th in bullpen ERA. Don't have it memorized, but I I think they are ab- about back of the pack in, in in terms of bullpen. So you you get a couple of, of pretty solid arms from from the Marlins. Marlins bullpen now will be a complete liability. Yikes! If they they if they do if the Marlins offense is able to score some runs, I'll I'll best believe that the live bet they won't be able to hold the lead. <laughs> so I mean that's that it that is what it is there. I I do like what the Twins did though. You you know Twins to understand. You know you can't have enough good starting pitching. Now, why, why, why are they going after all the red starting pitchers? I don't know. That baffles me a little bit, but whatever. You do you, twins. <laughs> hey, man, they're just doing whatever they want. They they need to continue to advance. And that team that we talked about, a trade we haven't talked about uh, already so far in this in this short podcast is a trade that you know we kind of hinted at. There was kind of rumors that this guy could be getting moved, could be not. Big guy, the Astros bolstered their team with Trey Mancini. Obviously, a guy that beloved by the Orioles. I saw that you know the Orioles posted a love you know Instagram thing all over their social media for him. Mancini did the same thing for the Orioles Nation. So, uh, I mean, he was loved in Baltimore. Does he? I mean, Mancini's a guy that I don't necessarily know he if he moves the needle a ton for this Astros team, but it does give them another consistent hitter, a guy that's consistently getting on base, and that's something that we always talk about the Astros why we like them. This is a team that. When the hit parades happen, this is a team that is very accustomed to getting into hit parades. It's a team that consistently gets singles, doubles, keeps running up. You know, they score four or five runs in one inning. That's just what the Astros do. And a guy like Mancini is not going to hurt hurt that uh, value. Yeah, I, I mean, Mancini's a great locker room presence for that Astros team. And a lot of people are like, oh, no, I hate to see Mancini go to the Astros because everyone like hates the Astros for their cheating scandal. And everybody loves Mancini. Like he's a He's a player that's beloved around the league. So to see him go to the Astros, I mean, he's going to be a great locker room presence for some of those younger hitters, uh, you know, on on the bottom half of the order. Because I always said when I look at that Astros team top to bottom, I love I love, you know, they're one through five ish. Sometimes they they rotate those younger guys in in the bottom half of the order. And I think Mancini will provide a lot of stability to them. I think I I, I think it's a great move, honestly, for the Astros. Yeah, the Astros couldn't didn't lot for him either and then going to kind of going to the team that's not on their heels but behind them in their division the mariners going out there and getting luis castillo of the reds kind of like we talked about team in the reds kind of nuking their team kind of realizing you know some guys don't fit their timeline realizing you know they have luis castillo they can get something back for him i really like this trade for the mariners just the mariners team that has some good pitching some eh, pitching i mean they obviously have logan gilbert out here which you know we didn't really get a chance to trust him for Nerfy Nation, so I can't really say anything about him. Can't trash him or thank him for his service because we're screwed by Tyone. Robbie Ray's been up and down. I mean, Robbie Ray's definitely not been exactly who they wanted from last year. Cy Young, Robbie Ray, but still been all right. Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen are the guys I'm kind of thinking, like, what do you get from those guys? And I think getting the guy like Castillo doesn't make them win the division. They're not going to beat the Astros this year, probably next year. They still have a, a couple more things to do to beat the Astros, a team that's been so consistent for so long. But this does make them a little bit better. I, I would, I would, you know, minor winners, teams that I really like what they did at the deadline will be a team like the Mariners. I think they did a good job. And a team like the Twins. We already talked about the Twins. I think those are two yeah. teams that are underrated. They're not going to get any press. No one's going to go on to 
you know, sports center talking, oh, look at what the Twins and Mariners did. They're small market teams, but these are two teams that got better and they're trying to, you know, continue to improve their roster, get better and better each year. Because for those small market teams, it's hard to go from, you know, zero to hero in one year. Go from a team that stinks to a team that's great. So I really do like what the Mariners did. Do you think Castillo, I mean, I don't think you would argue that Castillo hurts them though. No, he, he definitely makes that starting pitching better because, I mean, look, from a betting perspective, and that's kind of what our channel is, right? We talk about the betting perspective. I don't really want to put my money on on Chris Flexen or Marco Gonzalez at all. Luis Castillo, yeah, absolutely. He's been a, he's been a great solid pitcher this year. And the and the Mariners, to me, they're they're kind of question mark though was the offense. I I don't I don't really trust the Mariners to score consistent runs all the time. They've got good hitters like like J Rod, and of course tonight they nuke a home run on us that I absolutely didn't order or ask for, but they did. They 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 mustered that up for us. Tyone should have been the one they shipped off. Damn it, not Montgomery. Uh, <laughs> but but whatever it is what it is there. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think the I think the Mariners are at least they'll at least be a competitive team. I mean, some of these teams. I think I, I think another storyline we can talk about with this trade deadline is there's going to be a lot of teams in in the majors that aren't really fielding competitive lineups or like to me, I don't, I don't envision how the nationals can field a competitive lineup with arguably losing your two best hitters, all, a lot of production. You have hardly any starting pitching. You have no bullpen arms at all. Like it's solid bullpens. They're, they're way back of the pack in there. It's like, how the heck are the nationals the, when the nationals win or cover a game complete fluke. That, that's what it, you'll have to chalk it up to the reds. I don't know what they're going to do really rely on the fighting Joey Votto's, I guess. I mean, in Jonathan India, they're going to be relying a lot on that top half of the order for pr- consistent production, the Tommy fans of the world. I don't love what the Reds did in, in pitching. like So they're going to be trusting the Hunter Greens of the world. So there's a few teams that it's just like, it's hard for me to envision how they're going to be competitive, but they will be because this is baseball. I promise you they'll, they'll be annoying when you don't when you least expect it. I mean, yeah, as you think about a team that's been annoying as of the last two weeks, do you like the athletic? I could athletics. I couldn't even name you three athletics right now, and I don't even want to name you three. So I, I don't mind what the Reds did at the deadline. They got rid of Drury, who wasn't fit in their timeline. They got some young pitchers that they're going to kind of test out, and like guys like Hunter Green and whatnot. So, you know, I think the Reds have to do what they do, but there's yeah, that Nationals team. I'm curious. Well, whenever you see the Nationals favored, I think it's going to have to be an auto pick on the channel. It just has to going forward if the nationals are ever favored against literally any team they obviously have to know something but kind of going to brian and ask us any comments in the chat that you want us to answer as we kind of wrap this up he asked austin can you grade the cardinals at the trade deadline um and you can give them a grade too logan we're talking about the cardinals kind of at the top of the show i'd give them probably an a minus this is a team that addressed a lot of their pitching needs we have never come on here and said the cardinals have a trash offense although if paul goldschmidt does not get a hit today i might have to do that tomorrow but this is a team that we had talked about time and time again that they just need to bolster their pitching staff and going out there getting Quintana and getting Montgomery. Two guys that, you know, have had their ups and downs, but two solid arms, and they're going to need those arms come playoff time. And so I really like what the Cardinals did. I'm going to give an A minus because, you know, I don't really think you can get an A or an A plus at the trade deadline. I think it's hard to address every single one of your needs, but I do think the Cardinals did a really good job. A minus. What's your grade for them, Logan? A plus for the Redbirds. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I said it. Fine. I I just don't I don't see what they could have done, you know, better because they did address the the glaring, you know, hole in that team, which was starting pitching. And I mean, outside of getting Luis Castillo, which I, I think the Reds would rather die than trade him right to the Cardinals. Uh, but I, I I really do love love what the Redbirds did there. Watch out! Watch out for the Redbirds.
I mean, I think that were your bold prediction to win the win the World Series a couple weeks back, or maybe that was yeah. just your your excited. Actually, you said Phillies, so we'll see how the Phillies do. They, they helped your chances too. But that's going to wrap it up. That's our episode. I think forty five our weekly podcast, all about the trade deadline. We appreciate you guys as always for coming out to these. If you want us to do more live streams in the future, let us know in the comment section on our normal videos, whatever you may do. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, do it. We're donating money at the end of the month to St. Jude for every new subscriber we gain. So great thing to great cause to support. Also hit that like button. Austin Logan, we're signing out. We'll catch you guys again tomorrow on our normal video. And you know what? We'll see you guys then. Peace.